up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Hey everyone, welcome to the Plus Platoon. We're a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We'll look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to revisit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I'm going to bring in Pete. Pete, how you doing today? I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm just greeting you. <laughs> no, I'm doing good. It's uh, good to be back. I was off last week, so it's been a lot of traveling by the tuners this the the last couple of weeks. I think Gina's still traveling, actually. So, and Derek's still traveling too, right? You're not at home. You're in California, right? Yeah, I'm here in a hotel in California, which, guys, that means if I freeze, that's why I'm on the hotel Wi-Fi. So, mm, good luck. Give me a minute. I will be back. Next, we have actually got uh, Steve joining us this evening. Hi, everyone. Steve, how you doing today? I am good. It's my first day of vacation. So just finished my 25th year in education. Wow. Congratulations. Now, when do you go back? I go back August 22nd. So, okay. And. Oh, wow. That seems seems like a long school year. It is. We have a lot (laughs) of built in snow days. Okay. Makes sense. And last but certainly not least tonight, we've got Sam. Sam, how are you doing this evening? I spilled wasabi on myself once, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing great. (laughs) Just don't start calling me wasabi. I'm awesome. I'm happy to be here. I'm really (laughs) excited to talk about Big Hero 6. And I'm happy that Steve is with us, too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yes. We've got Nick with us, says, hey, tuners, it's summer. Yes, first day of summer today. Uh, Ryan says it's time to talk about one of his favorite animated movies. Awesome. Yeah. D says, nice touch, Pete. Yeah, with the fist bump. (laughs) Uh, Jen uh, says, hi, everyone, and Steve. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Jen's agreeing with me. That is too long of a school year. (laughs) So, okay. Now. Sadly, we don't have with us tonight, but Sam, we do have some Disney Plus news. What do we got this week? It's time for the Disney Plus news. Well, you guys, Disney announced that Monsters at Work will be getting a season two in 2023. This is an animated series we all really liked, super funny. And of course, it's a uh, it's a not a prequel, a sequel to Monsters, Monsters, Inc., Monsters University series. So, yeah, it's great. Um, and then we also have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness tomorrow coming out on Disney+. Plus. We'll be reviewing that at a later date because we have a lot of upcoming releases in the next couple of weeks. But it'll be coming soon. So just you wait for the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, but that's it. Probably say- it's a short list. Yeah. It is a short list. I would probably say Multiverse of Madness, I'm guessing middle of July sometime, honestly, before we'll be able to get around to it. So, And hopefully and, I will be on the Disney Wish at that time. <laughs> God, God willing, the Disney Wish will be sailing and I will be on it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Well, as we have, as you might have been able to tell, we are going to be doing Big Hero 6 this week. There is a new Big Mac series that is coming out in two weeks, I believe. And so, guys, I had never seen this movie. Oh. And, um, 
it came out right in the gap of there were a couple movies right in there that I missed. Like so <laughs> I not well, I didn't see Frozen in theaters either. Oh my goodness! Um, wow. I mean, there was—I I said literally there was a strike. Okay, I'd say Brother Bear, but didn't miss much there. Um, <laughs> so, but there was a stretch of more. So, this was my first time seeing it. Pete, can you kind of give us a rundown for those of you who it's may have seen it before, but it's been many, many years? Can you kind of give us a rundown on a basic set of the story? Yeah, it's a story of uh, a young teenager named Hero who's like super genius and he builds robots for uh, bot fighting set in like this fictional city called San Francisco. Um, and his brother kind of like drags him away from that and and gets him involved with his college that he's at and his group of friends that are all science nerds. Um, so he develops this micro bot that can work uh, that like thousands of them can work together and he gets into the program. But at the same time he gets into the program, there's a big fire in the lab. His brother ends up running in to try to save the, the, the main professor and his brother gets killed. And so the story ends up coming out of that event. Uh, he finds out that he thinks his bots were all destroyed, but one of them is still left and is trying to communicate with the other ones. And he makes friends with, um, I guess the important thing to talk about is Baymax, which is the soft robot that his brother had invented. And he kind of connects, uh, to his brother through Baymax. And that's the main gist of the story is hero's relationship with Baymax. Uh, the other characters that he, that he meet, met from the lab also come into the story uh, to make up a superhero team. And so he creates, uh, you know, he makes all these costumes or whatever for them. And they end up uh, going after the person that ended up uh, causing the fire and leading to his brother's death. So I think, that's probably the spoiler less version of it, even though, you know, we'll, we'll probably get into oh, spoilers we're so when we're spoilers. talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, so it's, but it's really at, at its heart, it's about him and this robot really, and yeah. how he recovers from the death of his brother sort of. Uh, and of course he's an orphan. They're both orphans, <laughs> you know, cause it's a Disney movie. Right. So. They live with, they live with the, with a young aunt. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but I um, think that sums it up. You guys, uh, anything I missed? That's a good summary. Um, part of it is figuring out who the villain is. That's part, part of the storyline involves who is yeah. actually the villain and how did the villain become the villain? So his sort of origin story is part of the story as well. But I think the relationship between hero and, and Baymax is probably the most important part of the movie. And then the relationship with the rest of the hero team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and I would say, um, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but to me, one of the maybe weaknesses of the movie is that the other characters besides Hero and Baymax are pretty thin. Um, you know, they each have their they each have their science power, so to speak. Except Fred, uh, mostly, mostly. I think I think Fred actually is a pretty is a deeper character than he gets the others. A little more developed than the other three, yeah. But yeah. um, yeah. So, um. Uh, D oh, says, Steve, you're uh, she, muted. Yeah, Steve, you are still muted. Uh, D says <laughs> she watched Big Hero 6 the first night on the Disney Dreams, spent a lot of night in that, nights in that movie theater. Uh, <laughs> Nick says, Microbots are like middle schoolers who team up on you and destroy everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially if it's food. <laughs> yeah. No, I was saying Fred has a, um ability. He could spin signs. Yep, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um... And, and much like Batman, so, he's rich. Right. Yes. <laughs> he's and a science enthusiast, as he says. Yes. Yeah. And mysterious missing parents. So. Right. Right. Okay. Guys, now, this is, believe it or not, and it was advertised this way in some of the early advertisings. This is a Marvel movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of want to go through and each one talk about what helps set it apart from other Marvels. We're going to talk whether it's really should be seen as a Marvel movie or not. 
Mm-hmm. But let's talk a little bit at the start about kind of what sets it apart. And Steve, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. This is an animated show. I'd say that's the obvious choice because um, this came out before What If, which when you're asking me what I thought about, um, it's the first Marvel animated movie, I guess. And I was surprised learning last week on the show that it was a Marvel movie that sort of surprised me because I see it more as definitely a Disney movie. You know, we talked about the death of a loved one, um, the loss of a significant character, mm-hmm. which makes me think of um, Bong Bong, like from Inside Out or mm-hmm. Bing Bong. Right. Yes, Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Bing Bong. Um, yes. Yeah. The, the similar, the falling, the falling death. <clears throat> Very right. sad. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think you're right. I think it, the animated, but I also think the other part, another issue is it's not where right, it's not connected to anything else. Right. So when we talk about the MCU so much on this show, cause we have all these different shows and movies that we've been talking about watching most of them are connected in i know too much for derek's liking but most so of them have some marvel most of them have some connection to each other or they're setting up a future connection right so um wandavision obviously was kind of uh, the characters were connected to prior movies, but it was a new story. But now it's being connected to, uh, as I, even though I haven't seen it yet, um, the new Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But um, it, pretty much every Marvel movie or show seems to be connected in some way, except we don't know if Moon Knight is going to be connected, right? So this is not connected. It's not part of the MCU, even though it's Marvel. Um, it never had any connection to the MCU. And it, I don't think it's going to have any connection to the MCU, probably be, primarily because it is done in an animated series, uh, does an animated movie, and now is animated series is... <laughs> if that's a word <laughs> Derek what else can you think of that uh, sets it apart um, well I would say one big thing for me is it's a young completely mortal protagonist he oh. has even he's not like Peter Parker that got bit by the radioactive spider he's not there's nothing about him other than the fact that he is a science nerd and so you do not see young graduated high school at 14 which tells me he's 15 or 16 somewhere probably in this movie so to me that's one thing that you don't see a lot of movies you've got people except really from just about hawkeye everybody else has some kind of powers for the most part um i will also say going back to your animation comment steve this animation reminds me so much the characters look like the people in Tangled and Frozen. They all of them mm-hmm. kind of had that, but especially Tangled. The the narrower chins was an in thing back then for some of the Disney animation. Um, also, kind of looked like um, Mrs. Incredible. Looked, looked a little bit like the last girl. All have that basic same head shape. I think. And that's one thing that I was, as I was watching it this afternoon that I really noticed was it looks like this could be in the same universe, obviously many years later, but in the same universe as Tangled. Mm. But yeah. in that, but in that vein, it also has a little bit of anime influence, uh, right? There's yeah. a lot of, I, there's I lot agree, of, Sam. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, it, I agree, the head shapes are similar to, to Tangled, but there's much more anime and Japanese influence in the way that this is animated than other things. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Pete. Did you have okay. anything? So the only, yeah, the only thing I wanted to add was I think of. I mean, we had a few Marvel properties that were pretty obscure. I'll, I'll put Moon Knight in that group. But really, this is like as obscure a Marvel property. I mean, like mm-hmm. even now, uh, eight years later or whatever it is, I still know nothing outside of the the movie and I guess the TV show about the comics on Big, Big Hero 6. And from what I understand, they they took the characters, but they really didn't really pay attention to the story at all. So it's very different from the comic from what I understand, but I don't know anything about the comic. So I'd say, you know, 
even though some of the Marvel uh, characters are not super, super famous, they're at least, you know, generally relatively, I mean, you know, even characters like, uh, you know, the Hulk and I mean, <laughs> Iron Man, Captain America, people know those characters, but Big Hero 6, it's like, huh? <laughs> right. So I think that made it. And and as we said, you know, last week we were saying, oh, is this a Marvel movie? And I kept, I was typing. I remember saying, it's a Marvel movie. Right. And you guys were all weren't sure. It's not yeah. really obviously a Marvel movie when you watch it. It doesn't doesn't feel like it because it doesn't have all those things we just talked about, you know. And I don't know. Do they ever actually say it's a Marvel movie? Is it ever? I can't remember. I don't remember watching the initial titles. It was ever in. I, I think someone mentioned last week in the credits that it was. Yeah, I think it. I think in the credits they do, and then there's a post-credit scene with Stan Lee. I don't know if you guys with Stan Lee. That's that. right. To me, that's the no. biggest thing. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, Jennifer agrees. Uh, the characters did have so much potential. They really did, Jennifer. The I wish they had gone beyond just the stereotypes of those different characters and had actually developed them just a little bit deeper um the the development only development i saw and really wasn't development as much as a moral backbone is when they to hero to not kill the the professor right um as i didn't quite catch this and sam you've many more times than i have was Baymax prevented the chip from being released, or when the gal put it back in, did she do something to keep it from being released? The one that stopped him from hurting. I I think when he was trying to take it out, I think it was Baymax that was preventing it. I think so, too. That's what I think. Because because Baymax, because the, the green chip says cause no harm and mm-hmm. knowing what he had done before by pulling out the green chip i think you know baymax was trying was basically stopping that from happening to prevent harm so mm-hmm. to speak so right as and part speaking, of his mission right. and yeah. speaking of that okay. chip i i was reading that in iron man there is an um, maybe an easter egg totally where agree. tony tony stark picks up a chip that says tadashi <gasps> How cool. I love that. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Jennifer also agrees, uh, thinks they were trying to animate it with some anime. Definitely get those. Although, okay. Did it look like Hero could have played Mega Man in the old video games? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there was some of that reference. Oh, I don't know. I don't, um, I don't know Mega then, Man. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Nick says Baymax like, is an adorable Rubenesque Iron Man. Especially when they put his armor on him. Oh my God, Nick. hundred <laughs> yes. When he's in his red armor, it's like, when, it's so, that's such a good, I love that. I love that visualization. It's awesome. Yeah. Love it, Nick. Yeah. yeah. I also had a moment okay. where I thought Power Rangers, because all the um, <laughs> characters have different colored suits and they are like running towards the action. Yes, like Power Rangers posing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, there was definitely um, the other thing I noticed at one point is uh, Hero had a a Voltron shirt. He had a a shirt with the the Voltron robot. So it's definitely um, Mm -hmm. an an influence. There's definitely influences there from Japanese uh, cartoons and anime. And Sam, you kind of brought up this one. Speaking of posing. We saw several instances of the Marvel pose in this, but Pete, I'm going to start with you on this one. Do you consider this truly a Marvel movie? Um, I think it, I think it has a lot of the hallmarks of a Marvel movie though, as well, because it has the creation of a superhero team. Um, you know, it has a, um, someone mentioned Iron Man, uh, Nick mentioned Iron Man for Baymax. It kind of reminds me of like team Iron Man or something like that, because Stark was also a, you know, a, a super genius that invented things just like this kid. And, uh, you know, he puts 
he basically puts the team together. He um, somehow this is this, this is the one thing I don't completely get is like, you know, even before they find out Fred is, is uh, uh, you know, rich and everything. Uh, he's like putting all these robots together and all this armor and everything like that. It's like, where does this kid get this money to do all these things? <laughs> I guess his, Science I guess his cramps. robot fighting, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, um, you know, I think, I think from that respect and then, you know, they put the team together, they're a bunch of superheroes. Uh, and again, it's, it, it kind of, it kind of has a bit of an Iron Man for kids feel to me. So um, I think that uh, I think that it feels Marvel to me. What do you think, Steve? I would say 25% Marvel, 75% Disney. Yeah. Like, cause like I said earlier, I was surprised that it was a uh, connected to Marvel when I learned that last week. So I'm still saying 75% Disney, 25% Marvel. Hmm. What do you think, Sam? Uh, so I'm going to flip it, flip the script on you, Steve. I'm going to go with 75% Marvel and 25% like, well, Disney slash Pixar, right? So because it has a lot of the, it's not a Pixar movie, I don't think, but it has a lot of no. the hallmarks of Pixar. But to it's me, it's movie. got... Yeah. So, but to me, it's got this, um, you know, obviously it's got the superhero team, uh, but it's also got a complicated hero, not just hero, but hero is a complicated (laughs) hero. Um, and, uh, and, and we have this interpersonal relationship with Baymax and, and we have hero kind of growing up. And I feel like we, we've seen this well similar stories of growth uh in heroes before um we also have a complicated villain right we have the professor who while is certainly a villain uh and and of course you know is the reason why hero's brother is dead it wasn't an intentional he didn't try to kill hero's brother and his reason for becoming a villain or his reason for stealing the technology is because he wants to save his, you know, his daughter. So I I do think there is, you know, we've got a a villain who's, who's, we, his origin story reminds me of a lot of villains we get who are complicated characters who are not all bad, not all good. And I kind of love that about a lot of Marvel movies. Of course we have some Marvel, uh, you know, villains who are truly evil, but we have somebody like Loki, right? Who's not all bad, not all good. And in some ways be- becomes a hero too. So yeah, I, th- I think it's, I actually think it's a little more Marvel when I really think about it. I'll be honest. My initial instinct was, no, this is not a Marvel movie. Right. But then when you really think about all the elements of a Marvel movie, you've got big fight scenes and, and all that stuff. And you have comedy, right? We have, Baymax is hilarious. I am not fast. You know, are you satisfied with your care? I, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't turn off until I hear that you're satisfied with your care. Or he, when he corrects Hero about, no, you don't have a, you don't have a, an allergy to whatever it is. That's the trace, and you're allergic to what peanuts or whatever it is that he said. You know, it's just like real you know, lots of humor. We have a lot of that kind of stuff in Avengers and in a lot of the other uh, Marvel movies. So yeah, I, yeah, I say 75% Marvel and 25% Disney animated film. So yeah, it's a different medium completely because it's animated, but it's a, it's a lot of Marvel. Derek. Derek. Um, To me, this reminded me more of the Incredibles than it did of a Marvel movie. Um, Again, the, Yes, but yes, they're not actually supers, but they could have been Syndrome's counter egos. Um, right. As far as the people that use it to, you know, corrupt everybody type thing. Um, Does it have its Marvel elements? Yes. I mean, obviously, we want to to hit that po- the Marvel pose. Um, yes, there are parental units that you know are non-existent or don't work. Uh, the connection. Uh, Nick says that um, retrieval of the daughter reminded me of Ant Man. So this came out literally six months before Ant Man. So this uh, this was released. So it would have split Guardians of the Galaxy and Age of Ultron. 
Mm. Um, so which was right before, which is also right before Ant Man. So this would have slotted into what was known as Phase Two, and I definitely agree with Nick's comment here. Feels like it was meant to have a sequel. Uh, where more team character development would happen. And I completely agree. I think if it had been more financially successful, successful, they probably would have, especially with the end credit scene where yeah, Stan Lee comes. Stan it Lee's was pretty successful though. Up. It made like $600 million. Think, it was not, it was not a flop. Man. That's for sure. Yeah. I, but I don't, I think they got so hung up on the, that these kind of guys kind of fell by the wayside to the detriment mm-hmm. of the, these guys. I would I would have loved to have seen um, a two. Now, yeah, me too. Have any of the three of you watched the the series at all? Not no, yet. I haven't. No, I mean, and obviously that's the way they ended Not, up going because, with it, right? Yeah, there were at least two seasons of a series. Uh, I think it was a Big Hero 6 series. Um, There were several other shorts. Now we're going to have a a, what I'm guessing is somewhere along the lines of um, I'm guessing somewhere along the lines of Doug Day's shorts is kind of how I'm seeing this coming as um, rather than full length shorts. Um, at least I kind of hope that's what it is because that's going to keep it focused and that's going to keep it funny to me. Yeah, um, I watched I watched a little kinda... bit of the I watched a little bit of the TV series and it was good. And I do think there there's a, a cult following for this movie. Um, it did really well over in Asia. I mean, there is a ride, there is a Baymax ride, like aliens swirling saucers and mm-hmm. maters cows or whatever it's basically that same okay. ride vehicle but it's but it's baymax sitting in this little like red car i actually have a popcorn bucket i've never been to uh disneyland tokyo or tokyo uh-huh. disney sea or whatever but i do i did get a popcorn bucket off of ebay this <laughs> is <It's> awesome <laughs> <laughs> okay um and guys that kind of brings us to our section is what and we're just going to keep going around pete what other observations do you have about this about well in the end i mean i i I agree i think it fits well in with the disney model so i i guess i i I guess i lean more a little more towards what steve said does it it's it's probably leads a little more towards disney because it it feels to me more like a disney movie than a um uh, than a Marvel movie in that, again, it focused mostly on the relationship between Hero and Baymax and trying to Hero trying to recover from the death of his brother and everything like that, which is a very Disney plot, right? To have, <laughs> have somebody die and then have the character have to recover from that. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I think I, that's my biggest comment would be that I think it fits in well with the, with the error that it is. I think it's, you know, more of an action adventure type movie than, than a lot of Disney movies are, which, you know, we, we know there's obviously a lot of musicals were coming out around this time as well, but I think it, I think it fits with, you know, something like Wreck-It Ralph or something like that. It's, it, it kind of slots into that same type of movie. And, you know, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a fun one. It's, I don't think I it's, you know, I don't think it's like high up on the list of Disney movies, but it's not, it's certainly, uh, it certainly isn't a, isn't a flop. That's for sure. In terms of entertainment value. So um, what do you think? Um, I'm curious. I have not seen Atlantis, but how does it compare to like Atlantis? Cause I'm trying to think of timelines of movies and stuff. Cause I'm um, thinking, I think it's better than Atlantis. Because I haven't seen Atlantis, but I'm trying to think of that style of movies. It seems like Disney was trying to take their movies sort of like a different direction to try to test things out. And that was 2001. Atlantis was 2001. So it was quite a ways before this. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I enjoyed it. I Like I said, I haven't... I saw it when it first came out in theaters, and this today was the first time I saw it again. And I enjoyed it. I think it holds up really well. 
a very entertaining movie. I didn't find myself turning away looking at my phone like some other movies I've watched, rewatched. Yeah. Um, Sam, what do you think? I I love this movie. I think it's hilarious. I think it's heartwarming. I think it, the target audience for for this movie was probably is you know is kids, but mostly more boy oriented movie than girl oriented. Not to say that girls can't love it. I loved it obviously, but I definitely think there you know there are movies that tar- that are targeted towards girls, like Frozen, for example, right with two main girl characters, that sort of thing. And then there's movies like this that are more, um, you know, with male, uh, young male lead characters and superhero themes and adventure themes that are trying to target a more uh, younger boy audience. I think it does it really well. I, I was surprised, like all of you, that they didn't make a, a feature film sequel. I think it would have done very well. Uh, I don't, I think the problem sometimes with Disney is that if the movie isn't like a Frozen level or Moana level hit, then it's a disappointment to them where they think of it as a flop. But I agree with Pete. This wasn't a flop. This was very successful. It wasn't Frozen level or Moana level or even Encanto level successful, but it was a very successful movie. Very well done. Good characters. I agree. We we could have used more character development of the rest of the superhero team, but because the focus is on Baymax and Hero and even Tadashi before he dies, you do get really good character development of those characters. Um, there is more, I will say there is more character development of the other characters in the TV series, but the TV series was short-lived. And obviously, unless you're like a hardcore Big Hero 6 fan, you probably didn't watch it. Because so, <laughs> it was not a, it wasn't a Disney Plus series. It was just a Disney Channel series. Um, and so that sort of gives you an, an idea of what the quality was. But yeah, I love this movie. I, I, I have, I have, it's funny to me that Derek just watched it for the first time that Steve just watched it for the second time and Pete just watched it for the third time. <laughs> I can't count how many times I've seen this movie. It's definitely more than 10. Um, this is one of my husband's favorite movies. And so it's something we, we watch a lot. Sorry, I've been talking too long, Derek, you're checking your watch, but I'll pass it to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I was I, no. Sorry, I got a message from another another place. Sorry, um, that's okay. I'm just but, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's interesting that we bring up Frozen as this, you know, beacon of great Disney animation from the time it was supposed to go direct to video. So, uh, this was the 20, it was the 2013 release. This was the 2014 Thanksgiving release of Disney. Um, this came out, uh, give you guys a feel inside out came out the next spring and summer. Um, this is, uh, planes, fire and rescue was in this neighborhood. Um, and yeah, the, the next, so Disney movie was, um, was actually Zootopia. The next Disney Which I also movie. love, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what? But both both why. Frozen, <laughs> both Frozen and Zootopia made over a billion dollars. So <laughs> relatively Big Hero Six did right. not do it. And this was well. only six hundred million. Yeah, only six mere six hundred well, million. Like it. Like I said, I feel like if you if you don't do a billion dollars and you're a Disney movie, right? Like they think you're a flop, even though you're like, you know, you could do really, really well as compared to some, you know, DreamWorks movie or some other animated movie. And you're still not considered a, a hit. For but, not, but not even a straight to DVD like sequel. Right. So they must have been, been really disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. When watching to see how they think Lightyear ends up doing. So, because it did not do that well this last weekend. So, all right. As we always do with our um, movies, we're going to rate it out of our five cups of pixie dust. And Steve, as our guest, I'm going to let you start. How many cups of pixie dust out of five? I've gone back and forth since I watched it a couple hours ago. Um, I'm going to go with three and a half, mainly because I enjoyed it. I could see myself watching it again in the future. Um, Very enjoyable. So I'm going to go with three and a half. Sam, what do you think? 
You know, it's so funny, Steve, because you and I are simpatico. I'm going with three and a half, too. It's a great rewatchable movie. It's, but it's not my, one of my like top, you know, two or three. I, I actually, it's funny. Baymax is one of my favorite characters. Um, and I love certain parts of this movie and I rewatch it a lot, but it wouldn't, I still wouldn't put it in like my top, you know, I don't know. In animated wouldn't be in the top three or you know movies, so that's why I got to give it a three and a half. Derek, I'm gonna go a three with the stipulation that I think if I would watch it a couple more times, it will either go up or go down. It would not <laughs> stay at a three. I think it's I, I think I think it's either gonna be one of those that goes to the three and a half area. Or yeah. it just kind of gets old. And I will be honest, I'm leaning towards it probably going up, but I it's just it not up. there. Yeah. But it's just not there yet for me. So it's a yeah. three. I think it goes up. I think it goes up because you catch little little one-liners more in the second and third and fourth and whatever time you watch it. Yeah. I, well, I'm on, I'm gonna be um I'm gonna give it a three, uh, so not quite as high as you guys, but um, I, I think for me again because it's it's such a plot driven movie versus versus character driven movie. Um, you know, there's a lot of characters in the movie, but a lot of them don't get much development. It's very entertaining, but it's it's really not one I go back to a lot. And so, uh, you know, I would recommend it to people, but it's not like something that it's i see it's on i'm gonna go oh yeah big hero six so that's why to me it's it it hits about a three but i will also say that i it was it ran an hour 40 minutes and like the last 10 of that is credits so it's fit that disney animated formula of an hour and a half movie which made it work it did not get I think if you'd gone into way more of the character development that Marvel likes to do, you're talking a two to two and a half an hour animated movie, which does not work. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, knew, you, I, knew, you were, I knew you were going to say that's why it's not a Marvel movie because yeah. of the length. <laughs> and, well, and, but to me, I mean, for me, honestly, what the thing that drew me into the most of this was the animation was the fact that it was animated. And because that's that's been my that's my go to thing. So, okay, so that was Big Hero Six. Next week, actually, well, tomorrow we have got the Obi Wan Kenobi uh, finale. We've had Episode Five was this week, and we've got the finale next week. In Episode Five, we had, you know, we finally saw Hayden Christensen as. Um, in some flashback scenes, which kind of worked, kind of didn't, but it gave a little bit of the backstory. They've already teased a return, uh, basically another fight on Mustafar. So um, they're going to be doing that again. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. Oh, uh, let's go. I heck, we'll go. For, we, we, I haven't started one. We'll go with me. What do we want from the finale? Um, to be done. To be perfectly honest. Well, <laughs> yes. You. I want to see the fight between Obi Wan and Darth Vader lightsaber fight. Sure. I want to know whether the third sister is going to go good or bad. Sure, but I don't really care. Yes, because they've teased this danger is coming to Luke. We know Luke's going to be okay. That has been the primary problem for this series for me from the beginning is I don't care whether what happens to third sister since I know all of the main characters are going to be okay. So it's it hasn't worked for me. So my biggest thing is I want it to be done. Pete. Yeah, I <laughs> that. I, we don't agree often, Derek, but I think on this one, we agree pretty, pretty tightly. I think they haven't been able to with this for me, they haven't been able to with this show, put something into it that's unexpected enough or really has me like drawn into it. You're, you're just kind of, it's kind of relying on, Oh, we want to see Obi-Wan and we want to see you McGregor playing him and he's really good. And but that's that's kind of all we got. So that's just, all the series is right. And uh, you know, I don't. 
Yeah, I said, I'm not worried about Leia or Luke. Clearly, Darth Vader can't find out where Luke... I mean, they end this last episode with a shot of Luke, and it's like, well, clearly we know he doesn't know he's there because he wouldn't leave him there for eight years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't... It, and even even like the the turn from the sister, like at first when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, this is maybe kind of clever. But then I was like, oh, but clearly she's got to lose because like and 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 it also like explained why because even they try they like killed killed off the chief inquisitor right but they did like episode two but but he came back which he had to come back because he's already in a show that's after this which is rebels so even him i knew wasn't dead so i don't know it's um i i i'm kind of with you i guess I at least want to get out of here a really awesome light lightsaber fight. That's really what I want. I'm I'm not expecting a lot from this show, but I better have something really really cool in this last episode between, you know, that ends up as a draw somehow, but <laughs> still, still happens. So, but the problem with that is the fact that somehow they're going to have to help understand why Obi-Wan basically couldn't fight with his lightsaber the first time he faced off with Darth Vader in this series. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to be, you know, this star with the lightsaber that quickly again. That's going to be a little bit of a, I mean, you've got that little bit of continuity issue there for me. Yeah, I, I guess, but, like, I still feel like we, I still feel like I want to see that, um, that aspect of it because I feel like what we've seen is he's like regrowing into the force again as the series has gone on. Like that first time he met him, he was kind of, he hadn't really done much with the force up to then. Um, and, you know, I think that, uh, I think that's the biggest thing to me that will be making okay is that, okay, he's like, maybe he's going to connect with Qui-Gon. I mean, They've been oh, I think he shows that up. for five episodes. So, up. yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, he, he basically gets his force mojo back and is able to um, hopefully he doesn't have to rescue rescue mm-hmm. Leah for the fifth time, though. <laughs> oh, he will. <laughs> all, right, all right, Steve, say something positive about this. Um, show. I'm sort of like with Derek, I'm ready for Diddy Padan. What I was really hoping for, what I like is sort of seeing where Leia and Obi-Wan are going from what happened to them to lead up to the movies, like realizing Leia has been dealing with Darth Vader her entire life, pretty much. And how there's there, but I want to know how Obi-Wan got from where he is now to where for me, episode four started. And I don't think we're going to get that answer or if it is, it's going to be really brief. So I think I'm just going to be disappointed in all. So that's where I stand. And, and Go ahead, Sam. Then I've got a question that I need to go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So so, uh, it's funny. I, I was really liking this series and I still like this series, but I had the moment during, you know, the, the whole thing with the third sister with Reva, um, when she was, when it was sort of set up that she was going to attack Darth Vader. And I was like, yes, kill Darth Vader. And then I was like, Oh, but she can't kill Darth Vader because he has to be in episodes four, five, and six. So I just was, it was really disappointing because I actually like, they set this up so nicely and it would have been this, like, it was like a cool setup there. Um, and yeah, but then nothing happens because we know he can't die. Um, I, I think it's interesting that we, I, I don't think any of us think that she's dead, right? Or that she's, we think she's still gonna continue on. She is, I mean, she she is still cut. currently alive. Yeah. At the end of the right. episode, she was still alive. Right. I mean, she, right. Right. But she, you know, as a youngling, she, the same thing basically happened to her. At least that's what they made it seem like. That's what they intimated. And so how is she, how is she getting back to full health? Right. Like how is, is she doing using some kind of Jedi magic? I don't know, but uh, I think that will be interesting and to see what role she plays in the last episode, if she does, or obviously we think Qui-Gon Jinn might, might have a role. The one thing though, I'm hoping that we will get a little bit of resolution on is that communicator thing with Jimmy Smith's 
Um, I never remember his character's name. Um, you know, uh, Leia's Organa. adopted father. Yes, <laughs> Organa. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Organa. That's right. Leia Bail. Organa. Right. So, right. So, or, so uh, Senator Organa, and he's on that communicator that gets dropped, that gets left behind by, um, uh, I never remember the other actor's name, but the, Bingo. the um, yeah, <laughs> thank you. I can't remember anybody's name. No, but it's then Kamal, gets Kamal Nanjiani. Right. Yeah. Kamal, thank you. Cool. Uh, anyway, so then, so then Reva picks it up. Right. But, but then nothing happens with it. Right. So sh- she knows there's something having to do with children. And, you know, one of them is there. She hears the name Owen. Right. So there's, 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 they're foreshadowing, obviously the discovery of the children by Vader. But I, I think it'll be interesting to see, if somebody else ends up picking up that communicator, how that information eventually, because we know it eventually has to make its way back to Darth Vader, right? Because otherwise, how can you say to Luke, I'm your father? So we know eventually he's going to find out. His last think- name is Sty- Skywalker. Skywalker. I think that's how he figures it out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Okay. Well, well what about Leia, right? So he's got to figure it out at some he does, point. He never knows about he Leia until the sixth movie. So you oh, have a God. sister. Oh, if you do not God. tell me. I'm I'm apparently pretty dense today, but anyway, I'll, I'll be confused. Hashtag confused, Sam. Anyway, I just I feel like there's going to be something having to do with that. Uh, we're going to see more about that communicator. So I don't know how it's going to resolve, but it seems weird to me that Reva would be the one to hear that, listen to it, and then she'd still and then she'd go after Vader. Um, anyway, I, I just thought that was weird. Yeah, Derek. Um, okay, so my question was, I've seen several things online about, you know, Leia standing up to Darth Vader and that kind of thing. She hasn't seen him yet, has she? No, I don't think so. But I no. think it's, but at some point in her career, in the next eight years, she has to have some kind of interaction with him just because of her interaction with him on, you know, Darth Vader, just kind of, oh, it's you, really? Right. So that's got to come at some point. But I, but, I didn't, well, but isn't he going to sense that she's force sensitive, right? I mean, if he can sense that other people are force sensitive and then kill them, right? Why wouldn't she be able to sense that she's force sensitive? Um, because I, she she doesn't realize she's force sensitive. I know she doesn't know she is, but she is. We know she is. Right. So well, wouldn't she only he be really, able to sense that? She only really had force stuff in the most recent movies, though. She never really showed any. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Really? I think, just, I think yeah, you that's explain that it's, way. But it's got to be naturally in her, right? I feel right. like you should be able yeah. to sense it. Um, well, also oh, speaking sure. about the force, speaking that force power, it seems like in this series, like Darth Vader is very strong with the force. And then I think about the future movies is like, what happened to you? I mean, in this series, you're throwing things around and sitting people which, backwards sort of through flames. He's, he's still a young it, which was a, But that was also a direct reference to a video game. Him okay. literally pulling the ship down and ripping it apart was a reference mm. to oh, uh, one of the video games. Um, I want to go back to one thing. Real, sorry, see, I want to go back to one thing before I forget it because I've forgotten it twice now. Um, you had said, you know, she knows something about Owen. She met Owen on Tatooine in episode one. Oh, she was the right. one. She was the one that he was. She about killed him. She wanted to kill him. That's right. She family. said she was going to come back for him. Right. Yeah, yeah. But she yeah. might not have known his so, name. I don't know. She he told him. He told. She, he her said, it's no, yeah, she yeah. said it's Owen. He says it's Owen. Yeah. Right. And yeah. It, she knows Tatooine, and she knows Owen. Oh, I for that was a good Easter egg. I forgot about that. So yeah. so yeah, she knows who she's talking about. So so maybe she's going to have some. So maybe we're going to see her on Tatooine. Oh, I think she goes to Tatooine, but which direction does she go? Does she have that moment of redemption right before she dies of doing the right thing and going over to the light side of the force? Or like or warning she, Owen, war, warning Owen yeah. about something. Yeah. Yeah, there's something's coming. So, okay. Well, that'll be real interesting for when it comes out. And that's going to be our main focus next week. I do want to touch real quick. We did have episode. Uh, two of Miss Marvel come out. Um, 
And Pete, I will just go around the horn real quick. Thoughts on what you noticed on episode two. I I am so enjoying the show. I love that it's showing the Pakistani culture. I assume fairly accurately, since a lot of the uh, the directors and producers and writers are are involved with it. And like, I think this is really cool. I just I just you know love seeing that inserted into the story. Um, from a you know beyond that, from a superhero origin story, I don't think it's super original. But I, I, except for that aspect of it, which is it's coming from a different culture. And so I, I'm enjoying the heck out of the show so far. Um, that's all I'll say for now. So what about, what about you, Steve? I I agree with you, Pete. I'm enjoying it. I like that. Um, at the end of this episode, we got some intrigue of what does the love interest really know? What, how does his mother play into it? Um, I'm intrigued. I still like, like we talked about last week, the little animations in the background, how they're showing parts of the story going on. Um, I like that it's still showing that this fangirl now has these superhero powers and how that all connects. I like that play on it. So what do you think, Sam? So I, I will agree with everything you all said. The only thing I'll say I don't like is I'm not loving this uh, the new love tri- triangle that's being created with Cameron and Bruno. I'm 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 going to say I'm Team Bruno all the way, um, and not Team Cameron. I want the best friend to be the love interest, not the new guy. So, but you know, I kind of feel like it is definitely more directed towards teens, even though I think we're all enjoying this as adults. So I kind of understand. And I, and I also understand uh, from, I think it was Micah that was telling us that's kind of, that is one of the storylines from the original comics. And so if they want to bring that in, I understand why they're doing it. Um, but yeah, team Bruno all the way. Derek. Yeah. I mean, uh, between Luca and, Encanto and this Bruno's are really getting the shaft. (laughs) (laughs) Except in Encanto, he actually gets redeemed. So, (laughs) um, in guys, instead of High School Musical, this is High School Marvel for me. I mean, (laughs) just the you guys loved the representation. Yeah, great. That's where this episode lost me. To be perfectly honest, is the extended length of time of the family discussions just seemed to drag any action down. We didn't really get any action until the end. I mean, season two of high school musical, the series, the guy goes off, the girl goes off to a camp, uh, be away for six months. Bruno's going to go off and be away for six months. I mean, it's like Marvel is finally starting to run out of teenage ideas. So they're having to borrow from other not so great series. Um, <laughs> I, the the whole thing with the you know the good cop bad cop as far as you know trying to figure out who she is. Sure, I kind of saw that one coming. Um, it's you knew that was what's you know that you knew that was going to come. Um, it's real interesting about how. Some of the stuff we talked about last week with um, the boyfriend and um, not really being sure who he really is. And we talked about him in the comics. There's someone someone controlling him that knows he has powers and is power sensitive, basically. I think that's going to be the mother character in this one. I do not trust those two at all. I I think that's going to be a negative direction. And it's it was interesting. Um, saw a conversation. They did an interview with Kevin Feige this week. And basically he said that within the next six months, we will get a very clear direction of what the next saga is going to be. And the Miss Marvel character is going to play a big part in it because she's, she will be the main feature of the Marvel's movie, not Captain Marvel. It will be Miss Marvel will be your main, your main character in that one. Interesting. Nice. So, I like that. I like that. Um, between that and Loki season two. And he said, basically by this time next year, you'll know who your next main bad guys are going to be. So I think, I think this is, 
this is going to be nothing more than just a setup series. I don't think there's going to be much conclusion at the end of it at all. Um, so I, it's knowing I have these series without any kind of a big payoff kind of makes me not really want to watch it anymore, to be perfectly honest. So, okay. Well, I'll we watch will it for see. you, Derek. Well, no, no, trust me, I'm going to have to watch it because I'm on here. And as Vicky says, bring on the baddies. I will say we do need another good, fully developed villain. Um, we need another Thanos-esque villain, I would argue, that is doing the wrong things. But as we found out in the Eternals, was kind of doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. So to try and try and save Earth is why he thought he had to kill half of the population. So, right. Well, and we we maybe have that in the villain that we saw at the end of uh, the, the first season of Loki, right? So, oh, I we, don't think we, so at all. Ooh, well, no, Kang, no. yeah, Kang, I think Kang's going to be. I think there's a good chance uh, yeah. he's the big bad. I think, yeah, he's the I big think baddie. he's the big. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. But remember, the the Kang that we saw was claimed to be doing what he yeah, was not, doing. Not that to, Kang. Right, right. Different thing. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um, now, next week, guys, we have got a great um, special surprise for you guys. Uh, next week, we have Warren Prowl, who is Owen McGregor's, Ewan McGregor's stand-in in um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. He is in multiple other um, Star Wars stuff. So he's going to be on next week and we're going to be talking to him about the Obi-Wan finale, about his experiences on the Star Wars sets. If you guys have questions you want us to ask him, send it this way. Email us at plusplatoon at gmail.com. Let us know the questions you want because the more questions we can preload, the better it is, more likely it is that he'll have a really no good and developed answer for you. Um, this is something that our producer Gina has helped set up and... I guys, I've been looking forward to this for even longer than we've been watching the Obi Wan series because we we behind the scenes have known that this has been coming for no four or five weeks now, four or five weeks even before the Obi Wan series. We knew he would be able to be coming on. So, guys, send us your questions. Let us know. Tell your friends. And just because though you don't necessarily send us your questions ahead of time we're still going to be able to ask them on the air so this is definitely one where you want to come on and ask the questions of uh, the guy who was probably on screen at least some of the back in you and mcgregor's head (laughs) that's that's my first question does he just stand in when they're setting up the shots or is he is he standing as camera right right behind when the camera is filming so He's also been, I think, it uh, stand-ins for some of the for some other actors. I think Gina will will be able to give more information, but he's yeah. been stand-in for some of the other actors, and he's been an extra in all other scenes and things right. like that. He's so been he's not- multiple in uh, Boba Fett. I know he was a, sand, a couple of different sand people. Yeah. So yeah. So he's he's not just yeah. a stand-in. He's he's on he's on screen talent as well. So it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Um, that so that will be next Tuesday at nine Eastern, six Pacific. That will be a definitely a definitely a live show for us. Uh, come on, guys! But if you get your questions in early, guys, it will be so much better for him to be able to have a chance to get to your questions. Uh, we are on all major podcasting platforms, but guys, I'll say it again: next week's one I would definitely want to see live. So, with that being said, guys. Thank you to Steve for filling in with us this week. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Steve. You're welcome. And we will see everyone next week. Have a good evening, guys. (laughs) Thanks for watching this week's episode of The Plus Platoon. Be sure to subscribe to The Plus Platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week. Then head over to Apple Podcast and leave those five-star reviews as they help make the Plus Platoon visible to even more Disney Plus fans. Also, go to YouTube and like and subscribe to the Plus Platoon channel, where you can watch all future episodes live. If you have a question for the Plus Platoon, 
please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at plusplatoon. The Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Continued.